Welcome to the Contractor's Best Friend Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Humphrey, and we're brought to you today by 4constructionpros.com, and we're sponsored by Caterpillar. In our first podcast on the seven steps of employee retention, we talked about onboarding, the importance of onboarding, and the 90-day plan, and even skill training. But we've got four more steps, and we're joined again today by the same experts that gave us some great insight in that part one. First of all, we're joined by Jason Hurtis who's with us, and he is a specialist for Caterpillar for quarrying aggregates. Lonnie Fritz is our Caterpillar expert for heavy and highway construction equipment. And Scott Hageman is Caterpillar's expert on grade technology. Guys, it's so good to have you back. Let's pick it up where we left off at. The fourth step in this seven-step process is coaching and mentoring. Now, just as a quick reminder, in the first part of this topic, we talked about the importance of skill training. That at some point, not and sooner versus later, for sure, we need to get the skill training. Scott, I want to start with you. You made an interesting comment about making sure that the people, in fact, who said they could run a skid steer, who said they could run a piece of equipment, really can run the equipment. Let's talk about that now through the coaching and mentoring. Why is it so critical that we do coach and we do mentor, especially for new workers? Brad, even older workers like myself, I've got 28 years in, in this company, and I just two weeks ago asked my boss for a coaching partner, just somebody to bounce some things off because even an older person gets crusty and stuck in his times and his ways. So it's good to have some input from the, the outside there. But as far as a younger person, once again, they only know what they've been brought up on. And they might have some good techniques and they might have some good ideas and some good communication skills, but everybody can always be refined. So if you bounce somebody's ideas off and get back some feedback on, yes, that's a great way to use this, but in a skid steer, for your example, if you put some extra material in that bucket, now you have some extra weight. So that extra weight would help some compaction if you had some tracks on that and you're going back and forth. Just something little like that that the, the guy might not realize, but just helping him bring it to the next level of his operation skills. Yeah, it really is. The, the mentoring is, again, something that we've done in this industry, but we didn't used to call it mentoring. We actually used to call it apprenticeships. And you don't hardly hear that term used in a lot of parts of the industry anymore. But the the old standard apprenticeship, I mean, even, even back to the revolutionary days, back in the 1700s and early 1800s, apprenticeships were key. They didn't just apprentice uh, a younger individual to learn the crafts. Many times they were apprenticing them to actually take over the business or start a new location for the same business. So it has a very big impact, and I think it's something we underutilize. Lonnie, let me go with you because that leads into the fifth step that that we that I tried to write about in the book on engagement and participation. Now, that sounds more social, and, and it certainly has an element of that. But why is engagement, getting in new employees engaged into the company and participating, give us perhaps maybe some examples of that and maybe just the flat-out importance for it to maintain loyalty and longevity with an employee? Yeah, Brad, I think the important part here, when I hear of engagement and participation, I always would like to go back to our sports analogies, right? And that is try not to leave anyone on the sidelines. Try to give everybody a blue ribbon and try to get them involved in the game. 
And I don't mean the industry as a game, but what I mean is making sure everybody feels included and part of the common good in reaching that end result of completing that project together. In some ways we can do that both in the office and on the field, no pun intended, is the past experience of mine. We worked in a snow state, so I was in the office when the snow was a flying, and we were very influential when it came to estimating projects that were coming up uh, for bid uh, for the uh, upcoming construction season. So, you know, you have that cross-training, that sharing of ideas from project managers, superintendents, even foremen within the office, within the corporation to the estimating team. The estimating team lots of times is using historical data and, and what they know and what they understand on how past jobs have went. But there wasn't a pay item or an estimate that went by that we weren't highly influential in, in tweaking, if you will, that labor material and or equipment. And the other thing is just being open to input from all crew members. Don't throw the hierarchy out the window. Everybody has a role to play, responsibility to play. But at the same time, we all have a voice. We all have great ideas. And the point being here is if it's the labor in the trenches that says, hey, this tool or this device or, or this method, I think would really improve this. Yeah. Take that, not with a grain of salt, but take it in its full sincerity and its true value. Step back. Yeah. Bring the team together or interact with the right members on that job at that time to really say, man, that, that's a great point. Let's look at this. Let's, let's look at redoing this. So again, engagement and participation, don't leave anybody on the sideline. Everybody has a good idea that may really be a game changer. I pre I'd really appreciate how you brought that up, Lonnie. And, and let me share with you why very quickly. The engagement, and, and the, I, I don't know that it would have been a, one of my original outlines, but the more what you just said, I began to see in organizations. And in one organization, we actually did studies of exit interviews. I have 101 individuals that had quit a particular company I was working with at the time over the course of six months. Almost 80% of those, one of the top five reasons they said they quit was they didn't feel like they were a part of the organization. They didn't feel like they were even a part of the team. And we went and talked to some of the foremen and supervisors for those employees. And I asked many of those guys, I said, when you first get a new employee on your crew, what do you see? And most of those guys said something along the lines of, well, I see an L on their helmet for loser. <laughs> so, you know, if, if that's what your first impression is, you are not motivated to even reach out to this particular individual. So while the seven steps are certainly instructive for companies to use, we need to go back and do some rework with our frontline leaders because these are the guys and gals who are really the, the benchmark for how, we're gonna, how long we're going to keep employees. That leads us in to the sixth step. And Jason, I'd like for you to tackle this. And, and, and let, me share, let me set you up here. The engagement, the participation, but you and I both know we do want people to grow. Now, growing doesn't necessarily mean they're going to become the next foreman, but that's where building more re responsibility begins to hopefully begin to be implanted in these guys. Can you address the importance for that? Oh, I think it, it's vital. It makes them part of the organization, makes them feel like they're actually part of what the work is and that helps with the retention. And it's an easy thing to do. I mean, it isn't like you have to give them the keys to the kingdom. You just start doing it on baby steps using the skid steer example. All right, we got the skid steer job. You're the leader of it today. Figure it out. If you need help, you got questions, come to me, but start giving them some more tasks, some additional tasks that help them grow as an individual and even challenge and push them. I think most people like that and they need that. And the, the more they get it, 
the more they're going to feel part of the company, the more they're going to want to help the company and the longer they're going to stay with the company. Well, that's so true. I mean, in almost every audience I speak before, it's amazing how many times at the end of a class, one or two of the guys or gals will come up and say, you know, the reason I stuck with this company so long is because they've always given me a challenge. They've always pushed me a little bit. It, It is interesting how that comes up. I appreciate you sharing that. The responsibility enhancement is a huge issue, but the final step, and it's something that you know we know is important, is this issue of performance review. And, and I got to be honest with you, I find a lot of construction companies, the larger ones will do them. I don't, I'm not sure they do them consistently, but for those of you who are listening today, if you're a, a smaller contractor, performance reviews can certainly be formal in a written sense, but it can also be just more verbal but consistent. Lonnie, let me come back to you. And I'd like all three of you guys to maybe address this. Performance review isn't just measuring success and a rating system. I know that's built into most performance reviews, but give me your perspective. Why is a performance review so important, not just to the company, but especially to that retaining of that new employee? I think it kind of dovetails back in with engaging and and engagement and participation. I think more employees are in a state of need to know, want to know than just, yeah, I work for ABC and that's good enough for me. Their job means a lot to them. They do have responsibilities, both financial and personal. And so it goes back to, yes, there's rating systems out there and it's kind of a one-way street with the employer saying, here are the good strengths that you have. Here are some opportunities for training and growth. Let's not call them weaknesses. And it's a two-way street. It's an open sharing. It takes time. We pause our position in that company to carve out a half hour or whatever it may be to have a two-way exchange of maybe what both parties think of the other one. And I don't mean that in a negative way. It's just an opportunity in a different setting, not out in the dirt, the dust of flying and trying to have some 60 second conversation in passing. So again, it's a great opportunity to take a different spin on it and really, again, invest in your employees and let the employee invest back into the employer. One other thing I want to point out, and this is interaction with a peer group that we support and interact closely with, and that's made up of small contractors. And there's a majority of them that take this very, very seriously. They have a very prescribed approach, if you will, and they really do this well, and they do a lot of things well in their businesses. But the point I want to make here is to how beneficial it is for both Mm. parties. The employee retention average is astronomical compared to the industry average because they communicate. They are family, and that's exactly what these owners always come back to is like, this is our family. You know, these are the companies that were paying employees in 2008 just to help provide for them because the employer could yep. when the work necessarily wasn't there. Not to get off the track here, but again, the point is, is back to performance reviews, how important they are, how critical they are with the interaction and small, medium and large companies yeah. do them. And those that are not doing them that may be listening to this podcast, I highly encourage you to do them. Both companies that I've worked long-term for my career take these very seriously, and it's been a huge success for myself and the value that the company brings to me and vice versa. The funny thing is statistics really, not to bring statistics into it again, but they really do confirm 
that most people, when they come to work, really do want to know how the company or their boss in particular sees their performance improving. They want to, and, and they can actually take honest feedback, even if it's slightly negative. But I like what I always call them OFIs. What are those opportunities for improvement? Jason, continue to maybe expand a little bit more on why you see performance reviews as so critical, especially for retention of employees. Yeah, they are very important for retention. I think if you do a performance review once a year, you've failed. You know, you need to be doing performance reviews significantly more than that. Maybe it's once a quarter, maybe it's twice a year. And I also think if the employee gets the performance review and they don't know what's already coming, right? you know, as a leadership or as management, you have failed as well. So there needs to be that continuous, you know, communication, whether it's formal or informal, like Lonnie mentioned. And again, once a year performance reviews really aren't what's in the market anymore. You're going to have to do it more frequently, whether it's a five minute conversation over, hey, let's review the job that we just completed. And I'm going to tell you what I think you did really good. Yep. And here's some things where I think you need to work on. Now you tell me, what did I do good and what do I need to work on? Great. And you keep that constant communication like we've talked about in some of the initial steps. And it just builds that rapport. It builds that retention. It builds that drive and that desire for both the employees and the managers or supervisors to continue to perform at a high level. That's awesome. That, that, that's so true. And, and I so appreciate you hitting that, uh, the seriousness of that. And I like that idea. I, I call them uh, postmortems on jobs, but it is a chance. And you're right. One thing I hadn't thought about is actually having the boss ask the employee, what could I have done better? I think that's a great, important line. Hey, Scott, I'm going to give you the final say, my man. Give us some final thoughts that will round this out for us. Well, they're not going to be original thoughts because Jason Nalani did a great job talking about this. But <laughs> <laughs> they're very important. The two-way communication, that conversation back and forth, the give and take. I love the off-site engagement. Let's engage off-site so it's a little bit less stressful environment. Maybe just tag on to one of your suppliers. Suppliers are always asking the foreman to come over and have a burger and a soda type thing. Bring one of your employees and not only are you engaging him to give him some empowerment, oh, I get to go to lunch at the supplier lunch that everybody talks about, but then it's also an isolated location that you can discuss some things. And you got truck time, you got windshield time back and forth. So you're right. traveling and you're communicating. That is awesome. So funny. I have a longer drive to my office now, Scott, and I will tell you that I have begun to download more books on audio than I have written uh, be- because of that same thing. Boy, you guys, proven once again why you're on this podcast. You guys are just, you've outdone yourself today. Thank you so much, Jason and Lonnie and Scott, for a terrific effort here. Hey, for those of you who are listening, for more information about podcast, make sure you go to fourconstructionpros.com. And by the way, we have an archive. I, I think, guys, I think we have somewhere 40, 50, maybe more podcasts. So you really, we really are building up a library for you to educate yourself and share them with other employees there. You may actually have another favorite spot for podcasts, and you may be surprised how many times we pop up on some of those as well. So thank you for listening. We're glad you joined us. Guys, thank you once again for a terrific knockout part two for seven steps to employee retention. Thank you for joining us, folks. We'll see you again. Want more tips from Caterpillar experts? Go to cat.com and select the construction industries page.